Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going good, Shay. I'm coming to terms with the new ranked system. Slowly but surely. <laughs> it's been Continue an emotional to... roller coaster for you. It's just my life is moving a lot slower now. Yeah. You know? Like, the, the the climb is not, not the same. Yeah. It's not. I'm not getting the same positive reinforcement <laughs> in my daily life. But well, it's going okay. Well, I mean, full transparency for the uh, viewers, I haven't gotten to play a ton of rank because I've been moving into a new apartment. And, you know, if I sound different, my walls aren't sound treated yet. So uh, stay warned. But I haven't been able to hop in rank games with Henry that much yet. So I'm still a little, little far away from uh, maybe where you're at in ranked as of now. So I'm excited to get on the grind soon here as I get unpacked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We definitely got to play some more. And uh, I'm excited about your new place. Yeah, it's cool. We'll have to have you over soon for sure. I mean, there's no couch because that's not coming until, you know, June 12th. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> with that, though, we, we could talk about this all day. We got a fun podcast, though. Uh, today, we got an exciting announcement, actually, at the top of the show, which has been something man in the works for a long time and a goal of ours for a while. But outside of that, we're going to be talking about the latest news in Apex and answering a bunch of questions today. It's going to be a good one. We want to make sure you check us out on Discord before we start, though, to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, receive third-party updates. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burrison. Links for both of those are in the description. Yeah, my Twitter, I've been trying. Been You're trying going hard. Everybody that's been following, supporting, thank you. You, you, you just got a selfie, which was you know pretty Yo, pretty hard for me, but I did it. I was impressed. I'll be honest. With I bet you. you were shocked. I was shocked. I haven't. I have not been as active on Twitter. I've been using this move as an excuse of like that's I'm just right. going to get settled in, and then I'll then I'll hit the ground running. Um, but I don't know if people are ready to hear my Lakers thoughts outside of just all the Apex stuff. So I'm, I might drive some people away with my sports takes. <laughs> They're ready. They're ready. Shay. <laughs> I, I just got to tweet more crazy thoughts. That's how you, that's how you build a following. Or, or you just be Twitter. negative. They can do that well, too. <laughs> I haven't tried that fully yet, but I like we'll you. see how it goes. You clapped back at some negativity on Twitter the other day. Oh, yeah. Or with today. Yeah. 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 Man, I had to put him in his place. <laughs> put him in his place. No, oh, no. Goodness. It's fun times over there on Twitter. Definitely new territory for us. Um, the other big thing that you need to know about, if you haven't heard it already, join our private lobby for Apex Legends. It's happening next week. There's a few open spots left, including a full team slot. So if you and your mm-hmm. friends, want to compete in a really fun, low-stakes Apex tournament, all you need to do is join the Patreon link in the description. There's a sign-up link there. If you have any problems, message Shay or myself on Discord. We'll get you set up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely don't miss out. It's such a blast over there, 100%. It's my favorite event every other month, and I'm going to continue to look forward to doing it every single time. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, big announcement, man. Like I kind of teased at the top of the show, something we've been trying to do for a while, but Henry and I are excited to let you all know that we have officially joined the EA Creator Network. We are 
absolutely beyond excited uh, for this opportunity to be a part of this group and to be recognized by EA and Respawn to be able to join uh, this kind of network of people essentially. But I just got to say, first and foremost, I'm very thankful. Every single one of you listening to the show, you guys are the only reason that we were able to make this happen and join this group. And man, it's awesome. Man, it's awesome. What do you got to say? It's incredible, man. I mean, the EA Creator Network was used to be called the Game Changers. Yeah. And back then when that was starting up, we were excited and we applied multiple times. It's like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Rejected, rejected. Didn't even hear anything. Now that we're a part of it, it it seems kind of unreal because it's extremely exclusive. Like across every EA title, there's only about 200 content creators and that's like designers, podcasters, YouTubers, streamers, like everything. So we're in pretty cool company, we feel like, and we don't know exactly what the extent of our involvement will be and how many opportunities will be uh, awarded to us. But the big thing is it makes us feel like we are heard by the developers and having that relationship directly with EA and with other amazing content creators is definitely going to help us expand third party and hopefully learn a lot yeah and and that's kind of what this means for you guys as listeners you know more interesting content hopefully and some special unique stuff as well that could come down the line we're really excited on what the door what doors it could open for us as creators on the podcasting apex side i believe i i i'm pretty sure i can say with 100 certainty that we're the only podcasters uh, on the creator network, at least for Apex. Um, and so maybe there's some opportunities to do some fun stuff there with the team. <laughs> Absolutely. Diving into some Apex news, though. Uh, first piece of news, some bug stuff. Respawn is aware that players are still able to crash games deliberately and are working on another fix. Oh, it's brutal. So they put out the update. It didn't work, essentially. Now they're working on it again. We're just talking about it because hopefully nobody in our community is doing this. But do recognize that if you are uh, crashing games over on Apex, especially in ranked, you will definitely 100% get hit with your ban eventually. It is just a matter of time. The hammer will come. <laughs> yeah, they they don't forget. And they're serious. Mm-hmm. I'm always kind of shocked when I see bans happen because it's permanent. Yeah. And nobody's going to hear you when you say, oh, I didn't mean it or I apologize. You're yeah. banned. You lose everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. You're and restarting if you want to play again. They're restarting. And I mean, sometimes they're even at the IP level and stuff where True. it's like you'll never just be able to even log on a new account and play. So yeah. it's it's a serious thing. It sucks that it's happening, though. It sounds absolutely brutal to be playing on Xbox right now and have this going on. And so... To anyone that's listening that's having those, feel free and hopefully it gets fixed soon. Another bug, though. The Loba Bracelet teleportation bug has returned. Players are reporting teleportation issues on Stormpoint with her bracelet, like in previous seasons, back on World's Edge. Uh, Respawn supposedly attempted to patch it this week and was unsuccessful. That's all we really know. More updates to come on that soon. But this is probably... I, I mean... This is one of the most brutal bugs I think we've seen for a legend kind of that's happened repeatedly, repeatedly, and it seems to just be the nature of how her abilities were designed in terms of the map as well, which is too bad to see. You've been playing some Loba. Have you played much this season? Have you experienced this personally? Yeah, I have. A lot of people 
in my circle run Loba in ranked. So yeah, I, I would say Loba is unplayable right now. Hopefully, yeah. you know, next week this is fixed. But in the past, this has been a much larger issue. Um, that Multiple takes a lot updates. of time to resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hope for the best, but you really as much as you may want to play Loba, I don't think you can because relying on the timing of that bracelet is critical yeah. to playing her kit. So you're you're better off, you know, avoiding her until you hear another update. Yeah, just go another direction. It, it sucks though because you and I are both such big fans, and she's yeah. not overly beloved generally, and so taking away what little uh, she can get is too bad. Um, Next piece of news, though. Some exciting stuff. Some mobile news. Apex Legends Mobile is the number one free game on both iOS and Google Play. Man, I mean, we were kind of expecting a big splash. I think we'll see how long it sticks up here, how long it ranks well with COD and PUBG Mobile. Those are kind of like big Battle Royale mobile games. Have you gotten a chance to play more mobile at all lately, though? I've been playing a little bit. Um, over the weekend, I completely uninstalled everything on my computer. So I was playing a little bit of mobile this weekend and currently undefeated. (laughs) Don't know, you know, how much that means, but, uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I, I've only played two games with a controller and it's kind of cool. I'm definitely a lot better with controller than I am with the touch. (laughs) But, uh, I would say if you're not a mobile gamer, I'd give it a shot mm-hmm. because the game looks really, really good for what you may expect from mm-hmm. a mobile game. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts about mobile? I mean, I, for me, I haven't had the chance to honestly just dive in and play it a ton. I'm hoping to do it. I'm doing some traveling upcoming in the next month, so I'll be playing some mobile instead of my Switch, uh, which is kind of going to be a fun comparison to do. But the unique legend abilities are. Yeah absolutely fascinating to me i know i just told you that i want to do like a full episode on it and we'll hopefully get that in this season but seeing not new legends come in like the exclusive legends that's a whole nother thing but the existing legends with this perk system that have kind of these extra bonuses uh, a lot of things people were kind of like asking for on the regular game like Mm -hmm. a pathfinder passive lifeline to get her shield back a mirage buff like all these random things are in the game. I really want to break it down and talk about it more in depth, but it is uh, a fascinating thing to see. It's a really cool topic, and I think we're going to do our best to get the information and have a fun discussion about it because it's big. And mm-hmm. when you talk about mobile, you really want to draw parallels with the main game and try to you know tell the future or explain what's happening in either one. I think we could do some fun stuff with that. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, last piece of news, the little Newcastle update. Uh, Newcastle, in terms of pick rate, peaked at 10% according to Apex Legends status and is now on a steep decline, sitting at 5.8%, right in the middle of the pack. What are your kind of first thoughts have been about Newcastle? What do you think this pick rate, not as high of a peak as maybe we're used to, is indicating? Yeah, you know, Looking strictly at the numbers, like I'll talk about my thoughts, but mm-hmm. looking at the numbers, big failure. Not a popular legend at all. Less popular than Maggie was at her peak. Um, you know, that's not great given the play style. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
this is kind of what we anticipate as well, that Newcastle would settle around the lower middle pack. Um, but it's too bad that legends come out that don't have a super popular play style mm-hmm. and they just don't get unlocked. People don't give them a shot. Yeah. You know, popular legends, they start out, they peak at 20% pick rate. Newcastle peaking at 10 means, man, there's not very many people have even had a chance to give him a shot, yeah. which is just disappointing. I, I still want to see where he settles. That's more important to me than where he peaked. Um, yeah. and, and like, yeah, it's less than Maggie. My personal opinion, I see Maggie still as a larger failure just in terms of bringing in an offensive legend, being bringing in that aggressive play style that is so attractive to people and then not seeing success to me is worse than I can justify, hey, the peak wasn't as high because, like you said, it's not as appealing of a play style. And we were expecting this. Maybe not expecting it to be this slow, but we were expecting this to an extent. Um, and so that, that, I guess, makes me feel a little bit better, but it's still too bad to see because I, I would love, I'm still a big advocate for, you know, bring a new legend to the game, make them free for everyone at the start, and then let's get a rotating pool of unlockable legends, you know, of people that are locked for everyone. They can be unlocked for this week and unlocked for, you know, another week later so we can actually give people the opportunity to experiment and play with more people. And this has kind of just been a reinforcement of that, uh, per se. Totally. Uh, I think it would be much better for the game, and I think it would probably drive more revenue as well. Like, I think it would be a, a good business decision on top of a gameplay decision. You've played more mobile. Is that a feature in mobile that they have one legend that's unlockable or that's like so unlocked? I I haven't played, you know, hours and hours yet, but mm-hmm. you do unlock legends as you level up just yeah. with XP. Yeah. So you're getting the at least the base legends for free. Mm-hmm. Um which is pretty cool. But yeah, I think Newcastle, we will see. The one thing that we may circle back on in a few weeks is just how even the pick rate is right now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. We are seeing a much uh, less significant break between the top, middle, and bottom mm-hmm. legends. Like mm-hmm. It's very even, more so than ever before. We're not seeing like huge discrepancies like we have in the past. Um, if that persists, we, we could be in the most balanced state of the legends yeah. uh, ever in terms of their popularity. So we'll keep monitoring that and check in. I agree 100%. Before we get into the rest of the episode, though, and answer some questions, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We're going to dive into some questions the rest of the day. We got a couple five-star questions from Apple Pod. If you want to guarantee your question get answered on the show, leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll make sure it's on there. Uh, but we're also going to answer some Discord questions today. So let's start this off, though. Five-star from Starkiller. Hey guys, I love the podcast. I started listening at the start of season 11 and haven't stopped since. You guys have helped me get so much better at the game in that short time. Question, do you think we'll ever be able to play as Titans again, whether it will be in Apex or will it have to be in Titanfall 3? Oh, the Twilight Titanfall 3 dream, man. I, I yeah. want it so bad. I want it so bad. I want it too. And now that I've switched over to PC, you know, I don't really go back to Titanfall 2 anymore so i really do miss how fun that game was um but also i just think my game sense has changed or my game taste has changed so much because of apex that i wonder if i could even you know grind through a multiplayer experience Mm, like like a tdm game again Mm -hmm. like 
I don't know. I really kind of fell in love with the BR with Apex, mm-hmm. and I wonder what Titanfall 3 could look like to keep me hooked, whether it would have its own BR component, whether it would have you know some sort of unique PvE um, like it did in Titanfall 2. I don't know, but man, that game was great. Yeah, I would... Uh... I'd love a Titanfall 3, uh, and I have a feeling that we will more likely see Titans or play as Titans again in a Titanfall 3 or a spin-off of Titanfall 3 from another studio before we see it in Apex. Um, happy to be wrong on that 100%. That's just kind of like my gut feeling, though, on the matter. I agree with you. Next five-star question coming from American Dream. Howdy, Shay and Henry. I've been a longtime listener from Texas, and I was wondering if my concept could spark a conversation. What if legends could interact with each other's abilities? For example, Pathfinder shoots a zipline, and Watson could electrify it, damaging players who use it. Y'all are two are far more creative than me. I'm sure y'all can figure out other awesome interactions. P.S. This podcast makes my long days of driving short days of driving. <laughs> I feel that. I love the podcasts that uh, you listen to while you're driving. That's my go-to time to listen. Um, legend interaction and abilities. It's a cool concept. Um, I think the worry you kind of get into with that is the overall style of Apex is like, hey, we want this to be a gun game. And if you introduce interaction and stuff and kind of just by introducing interaction, you're going to introduce more power into abilities. Do you start to, by doing that, go away from guns as a whole? Um, and then obviously, it becomes a team game even more so than it already is. And we love that Apex is a team game, but it's definitely a challenge they face in terms of uh, making the solo experience good for people. Yeah, I, I love this concept because just like Mr. Dream said, it's so creative you know like the idea of coming up with those interactions is so fun the truth that i see is we already have legend interactions you know like certain legends work really well together bloodhound bangalore rampart with watson like there are those synergies between different legends if it was abilities blending together like the electrification of a zipline you then have to think about so many different options and the creativity that you'd have to have is almost infinite, I think. And so from a game development perspective, I kind of think that it's impossible to do it in a fair way because, you know, why could some legends interact with some abilities of other legends and others can't, you know, it's an interesting concept. I love it a lot, but I think it's okay that we don't have it as clear as we may want it or think that it would be fun to have. Yeah, yeah. I think that's well said. Next question on Discord coming from Atlas Forged. Who are the best legends for IGLs in game leaders? Is there an IGL in each of the roles, assault, defense, support, and recon, or is there a role best suited for IGLs? That's a good question. Love love this question um i think about this a lot and i think we try to coordinate this as well with our ranked comp Mm -hmm. um it really depends there's so many legends that 
depending on your composition, there's going to be an ideal legend to be the IGL. So I think there is an answer to your question. Um, legends that are very uh, reactive probably are going to be the best. Yeah. So like Ash with an incredibly fast ultimate mm-hmm. that could change a game, could change a gunfight, probably you want them to be your IGL. The question of Gibraltar is so popular, should a Gibraltar be the IGL? Probably not, because they're not in most situations pushing the team forward. They're still going to be in the support. Timing the bubble is critical to being a good Gibraltar, but you don't necessarily need to be calling out where is the team going to go in order to accomplish that timing. Yeah, You can, but it's, it might not be the best. The big question, I think, on a lot of people's minds right now is should Valkyrie be the end game leader because of the ultimate? Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? I think she definitely fits into the category of people who can IGL. Um, yeah. You know, our, and you, when we play three stack together, our Valk does not IGL at all. Like, and so it does in a lot of yeah. cases come down to the player. And that's something I think is important is like, yes, there are preferred legends Ash, Wraith, Octane. The people that move the teams and make those decisions in the moment of we're going to go from point A to point B in a quicker manner, those are normally the ones most well-suited for IGLs. That's who you're going to see the pros, IGL. Um, but you know, Designful was the IGL for aim assist on Bloodhound for a long time, even with a Wraith on the team. So there are kind of always exceptions to the rules, per se, of who you have IGL. I don't think you need Valk to IGL though, honestly. I think Valk with the way her ult is set up is you can still have your IGL call out that Valk ult essentially to get the most out of it. She can, I think. Like she fits into the category of being able to, but because it's almost it's almost like it's not the quick decision to Valk ult out nowadays. You kind of need space to make that decision. It's yeah. a pre-planned rotation you can kind of have that discussion as a group rather than a, hey, I need to make this quick call in this moment. And, you know, a good team kind of plays off each other and knows when that Valkult needs to come. If you're maining Valkult and you're not an IGL, you still are going to make the call sometimes on when you ult. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to make the calls for everything along the way. It's such a good question. And obviously, it is going to vary to the player and the legend and the situation. Um, I think. But one good answer to work with is the fast team-moving abilities. Mm -hmm. Those legends are easily easily suited to be IGLs. Not always going to be the case, though. Yeah, totally. I think the like you said, the Gibraltar one is a great question. But I will I'll agree with you. I think having Gibby not IGL is just generally gonna make. Gibby play better, if I'm being honest. He's got a lot to focus on and think about in the moment with those abilities. Those abilities are so huge and crucial for when you need to play them that the last thing you want to do is have a Gibby miss a bubble or kind of misplace an ult because they're kind of focused on what the other team members are doing. Because, you know, being the IGL is a hard thing to do, to make the calls on where you go. All I'll say with the IGLing is just accept responsibility when things go wrong and things will uh, end up happier. Maybe we should have an episode all about this. We could. It yeah. seems like there's a lot to talk about with the, the in-game leaders, so that could be fun. Yeah, I like it.
Next question coming from Teal Cylinder. I know that the Good Games podcast has been put on hold recently due to the success of this pod, but do you think that adding a recommendation at the end of something like the Saturday episodes would be something you'd consider? So I imagine this recommendation is referring to our segment where at the end of Good Games, Henry and I would each surprise each other with a game we recommended to the other person. Um kind of based off of what we had been talking about playing, but you know, we would show up to the episode. It'd be a surprise to each other. And it's a really fun segment. Totally. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if it fits the apex show per se, uh, you know, in terms of what we have going on, time crunch, all that, but I'm not actively against it. If people really, really want to support and bring it back, make your voices heard. It's really nice to see this question essentially to reinforce that. Yeah, it's a great question. I think this show is apex focused. You know, I don't think that it's super appropriate for us to be talking about other games because we want to be mindful of who's listening. Um, but this questions like this, you know, keep us thinking about what is the future of the third party? What's the future of good games? How can we create content uh, around other games, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also kicking around streaming as well. Yeah. So, you know, we, there could be other games being streamed. So definitely it's on the front of our mind. We're thinking about it. Yeah. But trust me, Henry and I enjoy good games 100%. We'd love yeah. to figure out how to do it and how to fit it into our schedules right now. Uh, just really busy and we haven't been able to do so uh, successfully without it coming at the cost of quality of other things uh, essentially which is kind of the end you know we don't want to mess anything up the apex show that's what you guys are all here for in the end next question though coming from bazooka jojo and this name will play a role in the question would you rather see more vehicles in the game or rather see them introduce rpgs in the game it's the only br that doesn't have an rpg I think Bazooka Jojo would like the RPG to be in the game. But what are your thoughts, Henry? Yeah, so, man. The vehicles in Apex are such a home run, honestly. I I think that I like what they did with the Trident. Other games' vehicles are a lot more annoying. Yes. Period. Vehicles are good but they can be way more annoying than a trident. You know, anti-Titan weapons, RPGs, getting that into Apex is super exciting. Explosive weapons are very exciting. Given the time to kill in Apex, it would probably shake things up very drastically to Mm -hmm. have a traditional bazooka that was like a one-shot kill almost that had a big radius i don't think that's going to happen um but something like the softball maybe or the epg from titanfall you know that is more likely to happen yeah i I agree with you 100 i I mean look at their actions the trident was so like you said kind of not dangerous which was something we were worried about they're making the kraber not be a one shot we have legends in the game with abilities and it's hard for any of them to truly kill somebody outright in terms of just dealing damage. It's not a direction I don't think they'll ever go in terms of putting something on the ground that can directly kill like that. So 
doing it in some other form, like you're kind of saying with the EPG, totally on the table, I think. Yeah. Next question, coming from Massive Flyer. Between the ranked scoring overhaul, Newcastle's kit, and Rampart's buff, it appears there's some effort being put into fundamentally shifting the game's play style from individuals chasing kills to something more team-focused. Whether it's the dev's intent or not, what do you guys think such a potentially broad-sweeping philosophical change might mean for the game moving forward? Good, bad, indifferent, etc. What a well-thought-out question. I love this concept. And it's something Henry and I have talked about a ton. And it's something we've kind of, I think, I don't want to say like have been confused by it, but just kind of gone back and forth on what the intention of the game is. And I feel like this season with the ranked system, you know, and the patch notes itself saying, you know, if you finish outside the top 10, you have lost a battle royale. It's kind of the first time we've really been pushed into like, hey, this is the way, this is the philosophy, 100%. I like it. I think this is a cool way to go. It makes a ton of sense to me. I understand the pain points and frustrations of playing by yourself that this could cause per se, but I think overall it's a more fun way to play the game and the exciting end games are really cool. And I would hope the ranked versus pubs kind of lobbies differentiate themselves even more and hopefully we get more game modes as well that can introduce you know like control keeps things really active and kind of scratches that itch of individuals chasing kills you know and so hopefully we continue to see more of that to offset if we continue to go this team focused route what do you think though yeah i echo a lot of that i think that the good part of this is it is true to brand Apex has always been intended to be a team-based game. That's why we have the Legends. That's why we have the Jump Master. Like, it, it's true to form. These recent changes reinforce what Apex was always supposed to be. The downside is I'm nervous about these. Um, I can still play and enjoy the game. We're going to continue to make content about it. But all successful games have a solo playable experience, whether it's a multiplayer experience that is fun for solo players or a great you know, first-person campaign. The issue could be that we traditionally have seen the majority of games being played in ranked. If these changes decrease that number, you could see a lot of players jump ship unnecessarily to find better solo experiences in Warzone or Fortnite or another new game. The timing of these changes, you know, I think we definitely have to wait and see. This is an interesting timed season for Apex in terms of game popularity, and we have to wait until the end of the season to see how how successful was Mm -hmm. ranked, how was player retention. My guess, though, is that we are going to see a drastic shift and it's because of the solo experience. Yeah. So you can interpret that how you want. I think that it could harm Apex in like the immediate future, but it is solidifying what Apex really yeah. is. And it's a team game. Is that good or bad? Is definitely up to individuals to decide. Yeah. And that's just going to come down to what's your taste in video games. And like I kind of said, I hope there's continued to be modes and control and hopefully more stuff to come that offset some of those 
pain points. We can have the best of both worlds. If that's not possible, though, I think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get some disappointment. We could potentially get some people uh, heading out the door, uh, which would be too bad. Next question coming from Rogue Legend. Hello, Henry and Shay. I was wondering if you guys would ever host arenas tournaments. It would be more complicated, but do you think it would ever be possible in the future? All right. So <laughs> we've talked about it. Just so you we've guys talked know. about it. Yeah. The painful truth is logistically, it is near impossible. Um, just because it would take probably 10 times as long. Yeah. It'd as be a multi day event. Mm-hmm. It would probably be like a week at least uh, to accomplish something like it. We really like the idea of arenas. It would be very fun to coordinate something like that. It is technically possible. We could get access to those lobbies, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. If we did do it, only a few people would be able to play. We wouldn't be able to accommodate 60 people. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way. It'd either be really small scale or we would need to have a huge, huge time frame. And Henry and I would also need to, you know, we need to confirm the results of the match and host the games as well. So that's where the time set comes in. And we can probably hopefully find people that would want to, you know, do that and run some of that stuff individually. But even then it's still just like we definitely have to expand the yeah, team. Like, as well. do we find like is it interesting to still follow an event over multiple days? Um tournament style is fun though. So it's it's hard. It's not 100% off the table, Rogue, but it's not in the immediate plans right now. Last question from the day coming from Sizzledog. Do you guys think Mirage is useful to a trio in Pred Ranked? Why or why not? Well, Sizzledog, uh, we haven't played Pred Ranked per se. Well, I guess I get, when we get into Masters, we do get <laughs> smacked by Preds all the time. So maybe that's the same thing, but I feel like you can't say you've played Pred Ranked till you've been Pred. Um, yeah, Mirage probably doesn't have a place. But here's the thing about Preds. They're so good at the video game that for a lot of them, it doesn't even matter what legend they play. They're just that good with the guns and they don't miss a shot. So I'm pretty confident that Hal or Sweets or someone could make Mirage work in Pred. You know, we see the Mirage with the Pred badge occasionally, occasionally, but to say he's useful is probably too big of a statement at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, what I can say is Mirage is powerful. There is an acute power behind those decoys. And even at the highest levels, if you can successfully decoy or bamboozle Mm -hmm. somebody, you're winning the gunfight at that point. The problem, though, is that Mirage just isn't versatile enough Mm -hmm. and that in all situations, the decoys aren't enough to add to a team. And that's unfortunate. I don't know how we fix that for Mirage, but... The takeaway that you can have right now is Mirage is powerful. Mm-hmm. If you are kind of playing close to the team and maximizing his abilities in those gunfights, you're going to do great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nobody in the world that never gets bamboozled. It is a very yeah. effective tactic. He's just such a tough legend. He's one of those guys where it's like, you don't want him to be meta, unfortunately. I think no. he has room 100% to be better than he is right now. But we don't want him top of the charts, a regular, 
it, it would be too frustrating of a game uh, to an extent. That's going to wrap up the show, though. Thank you to our producer for the Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>